When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, PodMN, which is highly recommended for people locally here in Minnesota. PodMN, do check that one out. Uh, of course, uh, I mentioned iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Double Twist, all those good applications out there you can get on your Android or Apple devices. Obviously, Spotify, ones like that are available on multiple devices. Do check them out. They are absolutely reliable, absolutely useful. And, uh, well, it's just great to be back on air right now because it finally happened. Well, the Minnesota Wild hired their head coach. Yeah, it's going to be Dean Evanson. Dean Evanson will be the Minnesota Wild coach for at least two more years. And that's good news. Two-year extension and plenty of time for uh, more evaluation, basically, for Dean Evanson in the next couple of years. And if he really is the guy, depending on uh, how things work out with the uh, new players coming in, including one very exciting one, but uh, obviously lots of others coming in, thanks to Paul Fenton, of all people. <laughs> obviously good acquisitions along the way, including Kevin Fiala. But then the other thing happened uh, this past week. Some other thing happened. You know, there's this guy in Russia that a lot of us, you know, it's like, okay, he's the, is he Sasquatch? Is he going to sign? He's not going to sign. He's going to sign. He's not going to sign. He's going to wind up with the New York Rangers. He's going to wind up with the New York Islanders, Boston Bruins, Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens. He'll, anybody but Minnesota, he'll just wind up there. Heck, he might go to the Florida Panthers because, you know, he likes Florida. You know, those New Yorkers that transplant uh, plant to Florida, they talk like that. Florida. That's where he's going to wind up. He'll go to Florida and, uh, you know, whatever. Actually, no, the Minnesota Wild did sign Dare I say, Kirill Kaprizov. The Minnesota Wild did sign Kirill Kaprizov. And, well, all of us are thrilled. All of us are excited. It's been a long, long wait. A lot of people keep saying it's been a five-year wait. Well, yeah, since he was drafted. But people didn't get super excited the minute he was drafted. So let's say like three or four years, huh? Then let's be a little more honest about it. Let's be a little more honest about it. So Kirill Kaprizov will not suit up for the Minnesota Wild this season, but he's able to practice and this and that, and we get to burn the first year of his entry-level contract, and he has one more year, and then we get to renegotiate again right away for a much longer, more lucrative contract. Looks like Cap Friendly doesn't even have it on there yet, so it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. I've, uh, we still got Parisi signed for six more years, Suter signed for six more years, but the good news is on Cap Friendly, it's a fun place to go there's like a seven, there's like seven years, like seven columns, so to speak, in the years. You can finally see UFA at the end. Remember before, you couldn't even see the UFA because they were signed for so long. You can finally see it, but it's six years away, Parisi and Suter. But, well, it is what it is. We're here to talk about Kirill Kaprizov at the moment. This and that, and of course, we'll look at all the other players and the possibilities. Uh, but it's exciting to have him on board. Of course, it's been a long Obviously, a long wait, and all the fear of him signing, not signing, this and that. What's going to happen? Well, he's here, and <clears throat> his ability to compete at the level he's been able to compete in the Continental Hockey League, KHL, Continental with a K, which is quite interesting, but I suppose that's how it goes. Fifth round pick by Minnesota, 135 in 2015. Chuck Fletcher made a hell of a draft pick. That was when we started taking Russian players back in uh, <clears throat> 
2015, and then it was kind of back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back years. We would take at least one significant Russian player, Dmitry Sokolov, more of a flyer in the seventh round. Certainly talented, but has had issues with staying in shape and consistency and more of just an offensive-only game. Kaprizov, well, uh, he has a bit of a Zach Parisi type of game, per se, where he's closer to the net, but not all the time. Not all the time. Uh, Parisi kind of lives down in the zone, this and that. He kind of lives down close to the net. Whereas you have uh, Kirill Kaprizov, he, he's got that quick release. Uh, remember how in the past, obviously with Derek Felska and others, you talked about exciting prospects coming up. And then, well, he can he's not that good of a skater, though. Or, you know, he's, he's got the hands to die for, but he can't really skate. And then he doesn't wind up achieving a whole lot in the NHL. Like, he becomes a third-line winger. Okay, not so bad. Kirill Kaprizov can definitely skate. There's no question about that from what we've seen. But he can score from all different angles, different directions, distances, this and that. The release on his shot is just unbelievable. Uh, his stick handling is ridiculous. I mean, I haven't seen stick handling like this guy on the Minnesota Wild. Obviously, you've had guys like, you know, Mikhail Granlin or Granlin. Obviously, that's the correct pronunciation, but Granlin is what we all got comfortable with, I suppose. Mikhail Granlin, the former, you know, Minnesota Wild player now in Nashville when we got Kevin Fiala in return. Pretty damn exciting there. <clears throat> this and that. Um, you've had stick handlers like Granlin, Granlin, uh, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, even Zucker could be a hell of a stick handler. Jason Zucker now of the Pittsburgh Penguins, of course. Uh, but this guy's stick handling is ridiculous. Uh, he's not Ovi. He's not Alex Ovechkin. He's just a flat, different player. Uh, Ovi's a big dude. Big, monster dude. One-timing machine. And also, you can do a hell of a lot of other stuff with the stick handling and angling of the puck and release. And I mean, I, he is like Lemieux-like. He's basically a Russian Mario Lemieux. Kaprizov, I guess... Tarasenko's the name that keeps coming up, and yeah, oh yeah, you're just comparing him to another Russian guy. That's real educated. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the, the comparison is uh, Tarasenko. Hopefully he ends up being better than Tarasenko. Uh, obviously, you might think, well, Tarasenko's a really good player, but is he really a franchise player? And at the end of the day, well, if he's a great scorer, that's something the Wild have never really had since Marion Kabrick, and I know we've brought that up 900 trillion times, and every show's brought that up. It's like the same phrase that's been brought up hundreds of times on hundreds of shows, or, well, dozens of shows. There aren't really a hundred shows out there for the Wild. But uh, <clears throat> it is what it is. I mean, we've been waiting that long. That's the reason why we keep saying it. Uh, Kaprizov, left side, of course, yes. Very much shoots from the left side. Obviously, again, that amazing release. Uh, he's like Parisi plus, because obviously Parisi gets those juicy goals. He stays closer to the net. Not afraid to get hit, not afraid to have contact. Kaprizov is not afraid to have contact. He's not a prissy player out there. He uh, is not afraid at all. 5'10", 200, kind of plays lower to the ice. Skates kind of that wider wider skating motion, this and that. Down closer to the ice. But uh, that's how he has just such a control of the puck. He's good in traffic, obviously. He can do a whole lot of things uh, on the shootouts, this and that. Penalty shots, very deceptive, very amazing, and uses that quickness. And the stick handling is what really is his strength, I think, in a lot of ways, along with the, the release on his shot. That's where he could potentially be a franchise wing, not just a guy who can score. He's a pretty good scorer, but, you know, he's this and that. You know, I mean, like Zucker, obviously, he's a pretty good scorer, but, pretty good scorer, but. And that's kind of been the case for so many players throughout the years that have suited up for the Wild and elsewhere, obviously. But Kaprizov does have a chance to be a franchise winger in the National Hockey League. Obviously, you don't want to put too much pressure on him right away. Yet at the same time, I'm sure there was enough pressure on him in the KHL. I mean, CSKA Moscow, that's not nothing. I mean, that's a big deal. 33 goals last year, just absolutely dynamic. More than a point a game in the KHL is not easy to do. 33 goals, 30 goals the year before, both in 57 games, plus 32. A plus bleeping 32, plus 34 the year before. Uh, absolutely phenomenal in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, the year before with 14 points, only four of them goals, but obviously, again, he's also a great passer as well. He's not just a uh, he's not just a goal scorer. He can set other players up again, quick stick handling, quick release. Uh, generally speaking, just getting rid of the puck quickly and getting it where it needs to go. I mean, obviously, he's got that tremendous ability. Uh, maybe he could get some nice centering passes if we get a center that's, you know, a little bit younger than Eric Stahl in there at some point. God bless Eric Stahl, but we need some young guys. Eric Stahl, Miko Koivu, uh, Jewel Eriksson-Neck, obviously he's still got a chance to be something. 
significant in this league, but probably won't be better than a second liner at best. And obviously, second line is obviously a good thing. It's a top six guy, but most people would probably call Jewel Erickson Eck a third line center in the National Hockey League, Hockey League, on an actual really good team. But um, the release, the skating, all that, it just makes you feel really excited, really comfortable with this. Uh, Lou Nanny was like, there's no doubt this guy's going to be outstanding in the, in the NHL. Uh, and Lou Nanny obviously has had an amazing life for talent. Of course, he missed on some draft picks, but it's not 100% his fault. It's just that he had his eye on certain guys that were taken right before him. It happened a lot of times to Lunani, and I know that's the excuse we all have in our fantasy drafts or this and that, and of course, general managers might have that as well. They had a, they were very interested in a certain player, and, well, at the last second, somebody traded up and took him away. You know, some of the great players that uh, the Minnesota North Stars narrowly missed out on in certain drafts. In other cases, the Brian Lawton pick, he had all the power in the in the world to take whoever he wanted because he had the number one pick in the draft, did Lou Nanny, but wound up with Brian Lawton. And yeah, I know, we could talk about that forever. Um, at least he played in the NHL, Brian Lawton, but yeah, <laughs> he, he was he was a decent player, but he missed out, uh, Lou Nanny missed out on some studs in the 84 draft. Uh, Kaprizov, though, 135th overall. I mean, whew, boy, a lot of people missed on Kirill Kaprizov and Luckily, we weren't one of them. So we weren't one of the other 28 teams in the NHL that missed out on Kaprizov. We got him. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. And he's going to wear number 97, just like he did over there. He wore 7, he wore 17, and then 97. Loves having the 7 at the end, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, you got to like that number 7. 97, born on April 26th, 1997. 1997, as I was uh, finishing up my junior year in high school, Kirill Kaprizov, hopefully the one of the, if not the savior for the Minnesota Wild, one of them. Uh, the good news is, again, a lot of us were afraid that there's going to be too much pressure put on this guy, like an Alexander Dagg back in the day with the Ottawa Senators, number one pick, 93 Ottawa Senators, and he was okay. Again, he played in the NHL. I mean, he was Brian Lawton, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Brian Lawton version of where he came from. Um, <clears throat> ended up being successful, but not that successful, just decent. Um, number one pick, franchise starting player, and this and that, and just, you know, wasn't wasn't that great. He was just okay. He was good, like a 50, 60-point guy at best. Uh, Kaprizov, that's what he did in the KHL in 57 games, and that's not because of injury. They didn't play 82 games over there, and it doesn't help when COVID gets in the way as well, and uh, I don't know. I have my opinions on all that, but I'll leave that off the air if I can, but maybe it might come out Let's just say I agree with Eric Stahl. Okay, if you listen to one of the uh, Minnesota Wild podcasts that had Eric Stahl, not the recent one, but like a month ago. Let's just say I don't like to live in fear like some people do. That's just my opinion. I'm not a jackass about it. I just, I'm not as scared as some of you. That's all. <laughs> I'm not as scared. How about that? Um, they did complete the regular season. They were in the playoffs postseason. He was a point a game was Kirill Kaprizov. Four points in. Four games, two goals, two assists. <laughs> just, you know, obviously a guy with uh, immense talent that everyone in the NHL wishes they had right now. And hopefully uh, the Wild finally can cash in on something. Because when you're not picking in the top five ever, basically, when you're not picking in the top five ever, you got to get lucky somewhere, sometime, some, sometimes. You know, a, even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. There are the, a, a stopped clock is right twice a day. You know, it's just that kind of thing. Eventually, something has to go right. Something legitimately has to go right. And God willing, that's the case here. Uh, his English, well, it, it is what it is. He's, he's just getting started with the English. Uh, he was able to communicate with players. Obviously, uh, Jared Spurgeon, one of the guys really reaching out to him. Uh, and that was pretty cool. And texting back and forth. I think that's really cool. Uh, Marcus Foligno, the other one. So two guys that are strong candidates to wear the C if this indeed is Miko Koivu's last year. Obviously, he's rejuvenated his Koivu during the, uh, you know, the uh, layoff, so to speak, the shutdown, whatever you want to call it, layoff, shutdown, furlough. I I could call it a furlough because that's basically what it is. It, it's a furlough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's basically like a furlough. The players got furloughed um, in a lot of ways and delayed and this and that. Uh, a lot of guys healed up. Uh, Carson Soucy will be suiting up for the Minnesota Wild as we head into this 24-team tournament play-in tournament. Of course, it will be five games like I was kind of hinting at on the last show. It wasn't like 100% official, but that's basically what it was going to be. Five games with Vancouver coming up in 
August 2nd. Very exciting, and I'm looking forward to the later games. Working a second shift, I can just come right home and watch. I don't have to watch a replay. I can just watch it. I don't have to sneak the phone on and stuff. <laughs> this and that. <laughs> I wasn't doing that. No, no, that that's a secret. Um, but <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to that. Again, no Kaprizov, but again, he is a member of the team. He will be able to practice, just uneligible to play in actual games. He's able to scrimmage and all that good stuff. He, he, you could even see him in a practice jersey. And, well, what what do you think? They're actually going to start selling uh, Kaprizov 97 jerseys. Well, gosh darn it, I'm sure they are, right? And I'm sure they will sell ridiculously well. 5'10", Going to be a tough son of a gun out there. You can tell he's got that build, you know. Be a tough, kind of hard-nosed player that can score with the best of them, God willing is uh, Mr. Kaprizov. So again, Dean Evison now inked to a two-year extension. He was a center years ago from Winnipeg, Manitoba. He's also 5'10". <laughs> 55 years of age is Dean Evison. Very happy to have him on board. He'll be turning 56 during the playoffs. Hopefully the Wild are in a midst of a run. Or again, if we lose, if the Minnesota Wild lose in this uh, play-in tournament, we get to enter the lottery. And the faceless team, basically... The, uh, the faceless team, I forget how they called it, now I'm blanking, but uh, got the number one pick in the draft in the lottery. So the poor Detroit Red Wings will not be getting Lafreniere. They'll be picking fourth, just like the Ottawa Senators a year ago. And that's got to suck. You have the worst record. You're just pitiful all year. Come on, Alexa, what are you doing? <laughs> Alexa's talking to me, I think. No, I, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you guys heard that. Uh, but... Uh, Basically, it'll be one of the teams that gets eliminated in the tournament will get the first-round pick, uh, or first overall pick in the draft, which will most likely be Lafreniere. Uh, Lafreniere is yet another left left shot, left wing. But, I mean, hey, you know what? Hey, Chicago Bulls, or <laughs> Chicago Bulls, the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA passed on Michael Jordan because they already had Clyde Drexler. So let's, uh, let's not worry about it. It is what it is. You can figure things out. If, if he's the best player in the draft, just freaking take him. Obviously, there's a center there also that a lot of people are excited about. And we'll talk about the draft more when it gets to be time for that. It's not time for that. It'll be like the real State of the Wild will finally happen. Um, it'll be the latest State of the Wild in, in history of the show. Uh, I did one in August one time because I got so delayed at Neil, Neil Natalk Thiesing on. God bless him. Uh, that was so awesome to have him on in that show. I forget what year. I think it was 2013. Yeah, 2013. I was super late. I'm releasing it because I got really tied up and I wanted to have him on and something I, I can't even remember exactly what happened I think he wasn't feeling good, something like that that type of thing, so it was very delayed um, <clears throat> this year obviously it's a different reason because the season is still playing uh, the NBA, the Timberwolves season ended, so I did stay to the Timberwolves a couple of weeks back in June, well actually it's several weeks now, it's about a month already jeez, I think it was the 19th of June man, what just happened to the last month I mean summer just went flying by. That sucks. Uh, I also want to apologize for the quietness of my last show. I was listening back to it, and I'm thinking, that's too quiet. And I always listen back for quality control, not because my ego is the size of Alaska. Uh, I listen back for quality control if I made mistakes, obviously. And I don't know why I was so quiet. It's like I was whispering the whole show. I, I apologize. I hope that didn't irritate somebody out there. But uh, back to Dean Evison. I don't know <laughs> why I wandered so much. But Nice to have him back on board in the fold. He will be, again, managing the... He'll be coaching the team. Uh, Bill Guerin was very impressed with Dean Evison's communication with players. Like, you know how Jared Spurgeon and Marcus Foligno have been communicating with Kirill Kaprizov? Well, that shows leadership, and, and that's nice. You know, it's kind of a quiet, friendly, solid leadership that players appreciate. And Dean Evison communicated with players during this entire uh, furlough, as, as I'm going to call it, or lockdown, or whatever you want to call it. I'll call it a furlough. Um, communicated with players extremely well. Also, uh, Bill Guerin was impressed with uh, Dean Evison's ability to be more of a balanced coach, where Boudreaux, <clears throat> as good as he is, just a phenomenal, phenomenal coach, and I know he doesn't, when uh, people were telling him he's that, this and that, he didn't want to hear it because he was pissed off. Well, if I'm such a great coach, why are you firing me? So obviously he's probably cursing Kibble out at that moment, understandably. Um, but Dean Evison a bit more balanced, uh, balancing things a bit, where the Wild were just kind of like, okay, let's not make mistakes, this and that. That's where Boudreaux was kind of at for a while there, as well as the Wild were playing. There, the guys weren't stepping up as much because he was getting sick and tired of the mistakes. Obviously, you saw that red face 
from uh, Boudreaux over the last, you know, basically since he's been here, whenever Dumbo would like just bite on a play and give up a goal, it was really just frustrating. And the dumb part of Dumbo came out. Okay, I know that's sad. Please forgive me, Matt Dumbo, if you're listening. I know he's gonna, he would kill me if he heard that in real life. If he actually heard me say that, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure he would. Um, he, he would he would probably rip my pectoral. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, but Dean Everson more willing to have players step up and take chances, this and that, a little bit, without being too crazy. And you're seeing more of a balanced approach by this team, and it was exciting. Obviously, there was a good, strong relationship with Kevin Fiala from uh, the, the, the Milwaukee Admirals. Obviously, both of them came from the Nashville Predators organization. I mean, it's like Paul Fenton <laughs> gets fired in a year, literally like a little bit over a year, because his... Um, his, his public relations were so bad. His, you know, his his public relations, his human relations were so poor, he gets fired. Also, the fact that he made some weird, strange moves that didn't make a whole lot of sense, which sometimes rookie GMs do. A guy at his age and for his, with his experience level, you think he wouldn't do that. But, I mean, just look at this. Look at what's happening. He trades for Kevin Fiala. You know, you get rid of Granlin, beloved player here. Everybody loved Granlin, and then Granlin doesn't do as well in Nashville. Fiala starts out kind of skittish, kind of weird, and then all of a sudden he just blows up into this uh, game-breaker that, that uh, Paul Fenton said he was. He uh, brings in Dean Evison to replace Bruce Boudreaux, basically was the plan. And, well, Dean Evison replaced Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux, and Kevin Fiala's a game-breaker. Oh, and by the way, you got Hovenov. <clears throat> you got Adam Beckman. <laughs> I mean, you got other legitimate prospects that might end up being something very special and the next couple of years here, if all goes well, I mean, you know, Matt Boldy, we'll see. First off, um, I like, I really like Philip Lindbergh, who came from uh, UMass there. UMass Amherst, not uh, the other one, Lowell, Hunter Jones, we'll see. Johansson, nobody's excited about that one, but Hovenop, Kewer, uh Sam Henches from the uh, St. Cloud State Huskies. Just two drafts might end up being very helpful for this franchise, filling up the coverage a bit. You got a chance here with a center in uh, Hovenop. His skating is not at the top level, that's why he slipped to the third round, but still got great ability to be a hell of a center in the National Hockey League, hopefully at least uh, in the top two lines, we'll see. Boldy, you know, off to a super slow start with Boston College, but then got better as the year progressed because he got moved up in the lines. He was stuck on the third third and fourth line. He was on the bottom six for a while, and that didn't help. McBain, we'll see. Obviously another big guy, uh, big more of a... He's, he's a legitimate bottom four guy, which again third round pick. I mean, I guess it is what it is. Anything after the first round, you're hoping to get somebody that can skate in the National Hockey League and be a factor. That's the hope. Uh, Beckman in the third round, though, again, skating, again, skating, there's always this skating question mark. That's always what it is with a lot of guys, but the skill is absolutely there. He's a superstar in the WHL, and we'll see how that translates. But uh, Dean Evison's vision looks kind of good. <laughs> Did I just say Dean Evison? Uh, yeah, that looks good too so far. But uh, Paul Fenton's vision looks pretty good. Just some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. He just does not know how to run an organization as a legitimate leader. But, boy, good. Uh, looks like looks to be a good drafter. We'll see. And he may have picked a coach that could really be good for the Minnesota Wild. But also, it's a kind of a two-year trial and error, or dare we say one-year trial and error type of thing for Dean Evison to be evaluated, how he does with these young guys, Fiala, Kaprizov, and then eventually Hovenov, this and that. I don't know if they'll get here by the time uh, Dean Evison, uh, this current contract is up. Does he get extended or not? We'll see. But uh, at least the two top guys, Kaprizov and Fiala, well, there'll be uh, definitely an evaluation next year with those guys in the roster, on the roster. So it's going to be really fascinating how things go moving forward. Uh, I'm not against this. Uh, I'm, I'm not against this hire. I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't mind Gerald Gallant, Peter Laviolette. We'll see. Maybe Gerald Gallant will get the job still. A lot of people believe Gerald Gallant's going to wind up with the Detroit Red Wings at some point because, well, they didn't get the number one pick, so they might as well get Gerald Gallant at least to help uh, move things forward. Uh, all due respect to the current coach of Detroit, I can't imagine the, the hell he went through last year because that was just, I mean, we're talking scorched earth. That is legitimate scorched earth. The scorched earth as Philly was for a couple of years under uh, Ron Hextall. That's another guy who, you know, is no longer the GM of a team and now they're reaping the they're reaping the, the fruits of the labor. In, uh, they're, they're reaping their harvest in Philadelphia. Chuck Fletcher is basically, 
you know, the head of that franchise now. And he's reaping the harvest that uh, Ron Hextall planted, dare we say. Uh, it's just kind of funny how all that turns out. It, it's it's sad, but it is what it is. I guess you just got to be a little bit friendlier to people, this and that, or be more personable. I don't know. I mean, in Philly, it's more they were just impatient. They had to know that some of those guys were, were good moves. Some of those moves were good by Ron Hextall. They were just impatient because it wasn't now. And, well, that's why Philadelphia is still waiting for their first Stanley Cup since the mid-70s. I mean, shoot, slow down a little bit. Maybe you could actually be a, a great team again like they were back in those days. Before I was even born. I was born in the late 70s. So, <laughs> exciting exciting future coming up here, though, for Minnesota. There's no question about that. I mean, you know, again, not against the higher. Just the one problem is you got a gaping hole down the middle with Minnesota. I mean, say what you want about Jewel Erickson. He's got a chance. Luke Cunning. I mean, you want to believe he's a right wing, not a center, but he can play center, and he's he's not bad at it. But Luke Cunning is not a franchise-changing uh, center. He's centerman, centerman, whatever you want to call him. He's not a franchise-changing guy there. He's just not. Um, Connor DeWeer is more of a kind of a tough guy who can score. Hovanov could be that legitimate scorer, but he's not ready yet. And he, he signed a one-year deal, did Hovanov with the KHL. Just one. Just one year. So... That's fine. Uh, I think he's more likely to develop and you're more likely to get a, a better picture to see where his talent is leading forward versus going to the O uh, versus obviously another year in juniors, which would just be a waste of time, I think, at this point. Because he, you know, no disrespect to the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the Monk, uh, Moncton Wildcats. Love them. Um, absolutely love Moncton Wildcats and all that. But, um, I really do, and I, and you know, I love covering that, and with the uh, MNW prospects, absolutely love it. What an absolute blast! But it's it's time for him to go professional, one way or another. Um, you can gauge talent in the AHL, but not always. Uh, KHL, I think that's that's just tougher. It's tougher, and it's just one year, so he can go and do that, and then maybe he comes to the National Hockey League after uh, next season. So, God bless Alexander Hovanov as we move forward. For Minnesota, again, third-round pick in 2018, 86th overall. Uh, college, you know, college is about the same as, it's a little bit, I would say it's higher up than the ECHL, because we've, we've seen college players go to the ECHL, like say they did maybe a 30-point defenseman, but you know, like uh, you can use uh, Jack Sadik as an example, 30-point defenseman for Minnesota, the Gophers, of course. And then he goes to the ECHL, and he's like a 40-50 point type of guy over there. Uh, obviously, the numbers were reduced because of uh, the season was reduced. But, I mean, he was a plus 25. That's insane with the Allen Americans. With the Govers, he was like even most of the time. He was pretty much even. And an 18, 20, 30-point guy. Uh, yeah, he only had 18 points his last year, but it's only 38 games. So, you translate that to the higher level, it's like 30, 40 points. Uh, Allen Americans... Sadik might have had, like, you know, I mean, Sadik was on on track to being a hell of a player for them. But, yeah, so ECHL, maybe about on par with college, slightly below, I would say. AHL is obviously higher, and it's a good place to gauge talent, but sometimes you just rot in the third line and fourth line, and, you know, you're the, you're the seventh defenseman, and that is just the pits, and then you just never get a chance, and you're screwed, and like, two, three years later, oh, what do we have with this guy? Oh, well, he... Uh, might as well just let him go. You know, that sucks. Oh, that sucks. When maybe he could have been something. <sighs> so we'll see. Um, Hovanov, how would he have done in the AHL? I have no idea. But it was either KHL or NHL. You know, obviously. So it was going to be a major professional league for Hovanov next season. And it is KHL for one year, which is okay. As long as it's not a three-year extension after that. That's when we could start getting frustrated, start getting worried. But I'm not ready to get to that point yet, God willing. <laughs> but a positive future for this club, obviously. You got all these prospects. I mean, Sokolov, I have no idea what to say. And everybody's pronouncing it different. Sokolov, which I was doing forever, and then it's Sokolov, this and that. Uh, moving forward into the playoffs again, and we will take a break because Fanny Direction is going to be fairly large today, which is nice. We'll take a break and then have that as a whole separate segment. Um, right now, again evaluating the future of the team, Boldy, blah, 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 Sokolov, you know, Iowa Wild, obviously. You wish you wish they could have finished their season because who knows? I mean, their season was actually canceled, which really sucks. Uh, Mason Shaw, if he could stay healthy, he's had three ACLs in his career, which is just heartbreaking because he, he's, he's got talent. He's a little guy, but he's talented. Lodney has had moments as well, very solid moments. Juniors, very uh, short time in the, in the AHL, but I think he's absolutely AHL ready now. 
Uh, but he's had shoulder issues off and on. Uh, Jacob Golden kind of in and out. Not sure where to go with him. Svetlakov is a guy who's obviously been in the KHL with uh, with uh, Kirill Kaprizov. He's a center, but much much lower in the uh, the points department. Only 17 points, five goals in 41 games. And he's missed time, and or he's just been uh, maybe shelved this and that. But he was only a sixth round pick. But uh, they're good friends, uh, Svetlakov and Kaprizov. So we'll see what happens with him. <laughs> we will see what happens. He, he was inked to some kind of an entry-level deal, I do believe, but still in the KHL, that type of thing. Um, mm, it's going to be very interesting. Bryce Misley finally had a few points. His his dad is a follower of my Twitter account, or the Twitter account for the show, at Brave the Wild. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you for that, Mr. Misley. And I'm rooting for you. I'm really rooting for Bryce Misley. Oh, come on, University of Vermont. I'm glad, I'm glad he got to double digits. You know, I mean, that just that school struggled. It just has. Uh, they had moments about 10 years ago where they got into the tournament, but it's been very quiet in the uh, U of V, I guess you could call it. I don't know, University of Vermont. Oh, man. <laughs> Bryce Misley. Oh, boy. Jacob Golden, obviously, he's been a junior defenseman. And he went from a guy who barely scored points to, you know, his his, his numbers went up. But, of course, again, locked down, locked down, locked this, this, that. I hate saying those words. I just hate it. Uh, 27 points last year in 48 games. Very productive. Getting some power play points on a team that he was a minus nine on. The Erie Otters have struggled for a while ever since they lost uh, Connor McDavid. Ever since they lost Connor McDavid, they haven't been nearly the same. They were like the best team in the league in the OHL. And Connor McDavid suited up for them. But uh, those days are long gone. Long gone. So I did talk about my predictions going into the tournament, this and that tournament, you know, the, the play-in, and then ultimately the postseason after that. Calgary-Edmonton, isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Calgary and Edmonton, I thought it was Chicago. Wait a minute. Is that, what? This is, this can't be right. No? Yeah, this is, this is wrong, completely wrong. They, they, this is, <laughs> yeah, why, why, why'd they do that? That's dumb. But uh, we all know who it really is. Uh, God, Oilers and Blackhawks. Yeah, I apologize. That's Why was it saying that? Minnesota, Vancouver, Calgary, and the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, Calgary's going to beat the Jets, I believe. Coyotes and Predators. I want the Coyotes to win. because I, I don't like Nashville, even though I really appreciate uh, Kevin Fiala and I'm rooting for uh, Mikhail Granlin and all that. I don't like Pittsburgh all that much, but I'm sorry, Chris Porter, in case he's listening. I, it's not like I like the Montreal Canadiens all that much either. They've been frustrating forever. Rangers and Hurricanes. God bless the Rangers. I think Hurricanes are way better. At I, I really do. Um, August 1st coming up. Pretty exciting. August 1st, baby. I, I don't like August, but I guess this is a reason to like August. I don't like that month because of the humidity and crap, but we'll see. Um, Islanders and Panthers. That's a toughie. Whew, two awesome coaches. Two awesome coaches going at it there. Um, I think the I, I'm just going to continue with where I was. Pretty much, I think the Oilers do beat the Blackhawks, and they should. Come on, come on. I mean, and, and if the Blackhawks win, though, who knows? <laughs> you never know. You never know. I think Oilers win that. Penguins beat the Canadians. I think uh, the Islanders beat the Panthers in a very tight five-game series. Hurricanes should beat the Rangers pretty easily. Flames and Jets could go four, maybe five. I think the Wild absolutely could beat the Canucks, but the Canucks are good. And they've had moments against us, let me tell you. Uh, and they have a really nice roster. So, you know, the Wild have a nice roster going forward in the next year and a half or so. The Canucks already have their nice roster. So, they're you know, they're super young, but they already have uh, they already have most of their guys assembled, like Patterson and such, Brock, and all them. Um, it's just unbelievable. Avalanche and Blues, oof. What? No. That doesn't make sense. Why, why are they showing those two? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I don't know why they're showing that. They can't be playing, can they? Yeah, this is messed up. I don't know why they keep doing this. This must be some kind of projection. Yeah, this is not making any sense. <laughs> it's not making any sense. What? Golden Knights and Blues? Yeah, they're, I don't know why they're doing that. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they're not playing each other unless they advance in the... Yeah, hey, maybe they're trying to project the future here or something. <laughs> they're not playing each other. Why? What the heck? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of silly. I don't know why they're doing that. But uh, 
we'll just have to let that go as is. Um, I do think it's going to be, I actually predicted Vegas versus Boston with the Boston Bruins winning the cup. I'd be very happy if Vegas won. I'd be thrilled beyond belief if the Wild win. But obviously if the Wild do not win, we have a shot at uh, Lafreniere. So, or we'll wind up with the 11th pick anyway. Say we get swept by the Bruins or Canucks. I don't think the Wild will get swept, but I, I think the Canucks are favored, but I actually had the Wild getting to the second round. Because if we get past the Canucks, I think we beat the Avalanche again, which would be crazy and funny. And then lose to the Blues. Lose to the Blues in the official second round, the real second round uh, of the postseason. And then uh, the Vegas Golden Knights get out of the West. Boston Bruins get out of the East. And Boston wins the Cup. That's just my guess, but we all know how that goes. The team that was the hottest earlier in the year ends up not winning, and they end up you know, getting upset, or they get to the final and lose. Um, I, I just got a feeling Boston's going to win it this year. They're so good. So freaking good. And I'm sure they're bleeping hungry as well. With that said, I'm going to take a quick break. And then we will get to that fan interaction right after this. Wild segment number two, fan interaction. We're going to have a whole fan interaction segment. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Because I'm sure a lot of questions out there, and I love the questions. And obviously, it's a, it's a time of uh, excitement, great acquisition, and of course, it's a, it's a you know a bit of a transition period with the Minnesota Wild as well. We're standing pat with certain things, and well, obviously, there's going to be some changes moving forward. Certain players we can't get rid of. This and that. I want to thank Derek Felska oh so much for multiple reasons here. Because, of course, we're going to also talk about an article he wrote. Uh, just awesome of him. Uh, Derek Felska, at Crease and Assist, at Crease and Assist. It used to be called, at, it used to be the State of Hockey podcast. And, of course, the Minnesota Wild gave him a hard time. And he turned it into Crease and Assist, like Cease and Assist. Kind of like, ha-ha, you know, like, fine, you're going to be mean about it. I'm going to tease you back, basically, is what Derek Felska did. From Minnesota, Minnesota all the way, but lives uh, works in western Wisconsin as a teacher. Very cool guy. And, of course, we all know how teachers have been going through some weird stuff. Just some weird stuff of late. Uh, he says, got a burning question on your mind? Ask at Brave the Wild. Just tag your questions. Hashtag BTWMN. So those of you out there that are listening, you can do that as well. Hashtag BTWMN. You can do it anytime because as long as I have the search filter on correctly, I'll see it one way or another. <laughs> and I appreciate it so much. Um, Derek Felsk is going to open things up with that in a second, but I'm also going to encourage you to check out the Crease and Assist blog out there. Do look that up. Just Google Crease and Assist. You'll find it. Uh, you'll find Derek Felska there, Crease and Assist. That'll make it easy for you to find. And he wrote an article about the Brave of the Wild show and myself, and it was kind of a Q&A, like, say, like uh, Michael Russo would do with Bill Guerin. So what an absolute honor. I mean, that, that felt cool. And you got to learn more about the history of my show and I talk uh, extensively about Neil Natoc's thesis. I give a shout-out to Paul Caniff, my friend I've had for many, many, many years. Uh, we even gave a brief shout-out to Subpenny Radio, uh, a live radio, internet radio show at the time years ago. And that He was an inspiration. I was thinking, you know, I could do this. I've always kind of wanted to, but getting on, like, real radio, you got to, you know, you got to go through all that hell and hope to God you get picked and you got to, well, and then worst of all, you got to, you know, you think you're the best one. You've done everything in the world. You've did this, you did that. But then this schmuck knows somebody in the company and you're screwed. Regardless if you're 10 times better than them, you're screwed. Uh, just welcome to, welcome to reality. That's, you know, West Coast, East Coast. No, it's like East Coast mentality everywhere but when it comes to that. That's all. You have to know somebody. And I don't know somebody in there really. And... It is what it is, and I'm not the kind of person that says, oh, hey, hey, Paul Allen, my name's Joey. Hey, Paul Allen, hey, PA, PA, my name's Joey. I've always loved your show, and, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, man, I love you so much, PA. Oh, oh, you know, oh, uh, you know, Corey Cove, I don't even like that guy. Why would I be, why would I kiss up to him? I don't even like him. The guy's a jerk. Corey Cove of the uh, Power Trip Morning Show. The guy's a jerk. I, I'm not afraid to say that right here on the air. He is. Uh, meat sauce, I'm not that impressed either. I think he's just goofy. He's, he's nice. He's a nice guy. He's not a jerk. He's just kind of goofy. Chris Hockey, I can't stand him. Oh, my God. Cannot stand that guy. 
So, power trip, the hell with that. <laughs> the only one that's a nice guy is Meat Sauce. The, the other two are jerks. <laughs> I don't like those guys. <clears throat> Can't stand them. Um, so, uh, it's just not me. Paul Allen, hey, I, I do like his show for the most part. I think he bullshits too much. But, um, maybe we all bullshit too much. Pardon my French. I shouldn't even be saying that. I try to keep this family friendly if I can. But, uh, why did I even go to that? Just saying how hard it is to get on the air. So, and it's like, uh, on like a real radio So. Do it this way. And if people like it, people like it. And if people think you're a schmuck, fine. That's up to you. It's your decision. <laughs> people think you're a schmuck, that's up to you. Uh, <laughs> it's up to you. But uh, do, do look it up. You'll find it on there. <clears throat> At Crease and Assist. I actually posted a link to it on uh, the Brave the Wild Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. Um, check it out. Those of you that haven't yet. I know most of you most of you that I know have seen it at some point or at least have heard about it if you didn't get the time to look at it yet. I mean, it's just a fun article, and I can't thank Derek enough for doing that for me. And <clears throat> MNW Prospects and all that, you know, they gave me a shout-out in Michael Russo's article, and, of course, they gave all of them major shout-outs in the article as well. And Derek Felsky even had one of the questions as well. So <clears throat> absolutely fun. I'll let you guys read it and enjoy. With that said, Derek Felska actually opens the questions up, which is... That's great. You know, if you contribute that way, not only by bringing people to me for questions, but also ask questions as well. I love it. So thank you, Derek. You're an awesome, awesome, awesome dude. And he will be on the show again. Obviously, just not, you know, I, I can't. My schedule's weird. That's why I can't have a regular co-host. That's just the way it is. Obviously, it's nothing personal. It's business when it comes to that. If, I wish I had a normal schedule. And I'm sure nobody on this planet really does. They just think they do. So, get to the point, Joey. Brave the Wild. So, uh, the Minnesota Wild recovered the interim, removed the interim tag on Dean Evason. Just as training camp started, uh, just as training camp started and signed him to a two-year deal. Do you think he earned such a deal? Or did we move too soon? I think we moved fast, but I think it's okay. Uh, it's more of an evaluation thing. They maybe could have waited and then, you know, let the playoffs happen and see what happens. But it's more of a it's more of a trial type of thing anyway. It's just two years. It's a it's a bridge contract. We'll say, where it's a prove me bridge type of contract. It kind of depends on who else he maybe had in mind. Like maybe it was hard to say. Maybe it's like okay, Gerald Gallant's out there, but maybe there's a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink to ink, ink with Detroit already. For all we know, that'd be the one thing. Peter Laviolette, would he be a good fit with the young guys? I have no idea. Uh, he's he's one of those shelf life kind of guys. Um, Dean Evason, heck, he was coach of the, uh, you know, I mean, when you talk about developing players and you think of the AHL and how Nashville did an awesome job developing players, and that was the approach by Paul Fenton and his boss there in Nashville, and he was bringing that approach here, which I think is the right way to go, developing players in the AHL, and Dean Evason was the coach there. Well, when you're developing players in the NHL and Dean Evason's your coach, well, I, I think it's okay. I think it's not a bad move, and we'll see just how well he uh, proves himself, and if not, it's just a two-year deal. If you really like Doug Waite so much, which he didn't have a whole lot of success in his last chance, his last tenure as a coach, if you like Doug Waite or you have somebody completely different in mind, uh, we'll see. We shall see. Uh, great question, Mr. Derek. Tom Hayen. Tom Hayen says, goaltending. Uh-oh, not that word again. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, really. Put it this way, Tom Hayden, before I even get to it. If the Wild get beat in the postseason, it's going to be because of goaltending, I think. I, I, I do. Uh, if the Wild lose, because the goaltending is not going to be up to par. But if they're sharp, let, let's go, baby. Let's get to what Tom had to say. I apologize, Tom. Goaltending. We will see Kakinen get a legit shot with a... Will we see Kakinen get a legit shot with a club next season, whenever that is, considering the goaltending was Cloutier. Yep, ask this year. Cloutier. Yep, remember him with Vancouver? I say he absolutely has to get a legit shot with the club next year. Yes, Kakinen. Unless he just completely falls through, which would really suck. And if he does, oh boy, are we in trouble. Because, you know, Stalock is limited. When Stalock's on, he's pretty good, but he's limited. Dubnik, I think he's... I think this shutdown is going to help Dubnik the most out of all of them. Kakinen, I hope it didn't hurt his momentum, but I, I don't think so. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. I think Kakinen has starting National Hockey League goalie in him. I do. And at very least, a very good backup that can be between the pipes 30 to 30 to 40 games a season. 
I, I, I feel very strongly about Cabo Kakinen. And, of course, these are the days of, uh, you know, 45, 55 starts a year versus 65, 70 starts a year for your main guy. Because that's just bullcrap nowadays. Because, you know, I mean, guys get burnt out so fast. They get injuries that turn into uh, nagging chronic injuries later in their career, and then, and then they suck. Like, it's just such a shame. Like, Backstrom, Jonathan Quick... I mean, I mean, you know, it's just, you could go on forever. Jimmy Howard completely fell apart, but of course, look at the team in front of him in Detroit. So, yeah, I, he absolutely needs to get that shot, and I, I believe he will. Uh, if they know what they're doing, and I think they do, Kakinen is going to get a legit shot with the National Hockey League team next year. I hope so. The problem is the other guys are inked, but Doobie's getting the final year of his contract. Uh, Staylock, it is what it is. I think it's two more years, which is okay. And he could be, a, you know, he could be a platoon slash backup to Kakinen or uh, <clears throat> uh, Matt Robson. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, Matt Robson, what if he blows up? That'd be cool, but he hasn't yet. We shall see. Um, now I'll keep moving so I don't blab- blabber too much. I apologize, but uh, definitely want to go there. Derek Felska was saying, I think they might be doing a cross-promotional with Marble Racing. Hmm. Tom Han replied to something. Uh, I'm guessing that's a question that's later down the line. I'll read it now. I might as well see what happens. Uh, with the league, when well, no, will the league quickly send a contract with the defunct versus channel for old time's sake to accurately portray, portray what should be an electric playoff game atmosphere from 12 p.m. for a 12 p.m. start on Tuesday? I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. So Felsko, Derek Felsko was saying, I think they might be doing a cross-promotional with marble racing. Hashtag lose your marbles. <laughs> oh, I sense a little bit of sarcasm there from Derek. I don't know. That's an interesting thought. But, I mean, they have a lot going on. That would be funny if they did that. But they have so much going on with the NBC uh, channels. I think they're good to go with that. I, I like it. Where It's kind of like the NCAA tournament where there's always a game on. uh, Yeah, it's going to be like the NCAA tournament, I think, with the NBC channels, if they're able to do that. I would hope so. Of course, it'll start with the, you know, the sports one, the the main sports channel, which would be 68 here in the Twin Cities. But, uh, well, that's the non-HD, so what am I talking about? Nobody uses that, (laughs) I would hope. Uh, Hockey is all about HD TV. Um, Yeah, maybe it will be tough because there's like CNBC's busy with all their stocks and squawk and all that stuff, squawk on the street and all that, which is what it is. I I, maybe they'll have to do something, but obviously NHL Network's going to be very much involved as well. Justin Backey from MNW Prospects, God love him, God love the guy. Obviously, he was the one in the the uh, Michael Russo article. Just an awesome guy. Uh, Says, what are your feelings on Hovenov playing in the KHL? Do you agree with the hiring of Everson? and not a coach from the retread carousel. Hovanov, I'm completely okay with him going to the KHL. It's like, yes, they talked about it earlier, but I'll say it here too. Um, I My feelings are, yes, I, I'm okay with it. It's just a one-year deal. I do believe he'll, uh, I do believe it's uh, worthwhile development for him compared to the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. If he's out there getting like five or six points a year or something, I'll be like, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. He's not adjusting well to the uh, tougher brand of hockey there, tougher level of hockey. But if he excels in the KHL, he's going to do well in the NHL, in my humble opinion, because KHL is tough stuff. Um, and luckily, it's only one year. If it develops into multiple years after that, then okay, we could start worrying a little teeny bit, but not too much yet, luckily, because he's still super young. I'm cool with the hiring of Dean Evison uh, because, you know, hey, you know, he is still kind of a, a relative unknown in the NHL as a coach. And I like what he did in Milwaukee. And. You know, and, you know, obviously they, they did a hell of a job developing players. And in a lot of ways, that's what we're looking to do the next couple of years at the very least. And if he's good at it, he could be the long tire, uh, the long term coach for the wild. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Derek Felska says, what odds would you give each of the Minnesota Wilds four goaltenders? They have a training camp to be started for the playoffs. Should wild fans be nervous? We're having an audition at this point of the season. <sighs> a little bit when it comes to goaltending. I do think Dubnik does benefit the best out of this uh, lockdown. I think he benefits the best because it clears his head, all that, because his head was not in the right place. Obviously, it's not 100% his fault. In fact, you know, the hockey part's his fault maybe is in general. It just happens, or maybe he's it's, uh, broken down a bit from being overplayed over the years. But, of course, the stuff happening with his wife, the illness and all that. 
Maybe his head's been cleared a little bit and he's ready to play again. He sounded pretty strong and happy and all that with those, uh, you know, on the Minnesota Wild podcast when it was like a Zoom deal. Um, <clears throat> I think Dubnik benefits the most, and if he has a red-hot uh, couple weeks here, the Wild could go on a serious playoff run. Because remember, all those years, <clears throat> like January, February, whatever it was, especially the first year we got him, it's like if the Wild were in the playoffs right now, they'd win the Stanley Cup because Dubnik's been that good. And the players in front of him have been that confident in Dubnik making the stop. I think Dubnik benefits the most from this. The only free, uh, the only scary part is you don't want to you don't want to send him to an extension. It's to that point in his career. I'd say still let him go, let him get his money with uh, Toronto or whatever the heck, you know the the Edmonton Oilers, which I think they wouldn't mind maybe, uh, even though Mike Smith, <laughs> Mike Smith of all people too, Mike Smith was he was the starter with uh, Dubnik as the backup in Arizona, which is funny. It'd be hilarious Dubnik and Mike Smith in Edmonton, but who knows? Who knows? Um, It'll be an audition for Dubnik, possibly, for his next contract, uh, whoever's interested. But, of course, he's still inked for one more year. But maybe you, you, you trade Dubnik. Maybe somebody's so infatuated with him, you trade him. And then they give him an extension. So, uh, interesting. Interesting thoughts there. Uh, an audition, possibly, for Kakin and Matt Robson. I doubt Matt Robson is going to see the net at all. Loved him with the Gophers. And I think he has a chance to be an NHL backup, a really good one. Or obviously an AHL starter, but for his sake, I hope it's NHL backup. I think he has a chance to be that, but he's not there yet. Uh, Stalock is what he is. He's going to be the he's the he's the incumbent right now, and he's probably going to be the starter in game one. Is my guess, unless he's just, unless somebody else is just ridiculous in practice. But as of right now, I think uh, Stalock continues his uh, tread. Uh, obviously, love Kakinen. I love his future. I love his potential. I love his. Uh, I love that he's strong between the years. And that's my hope for Kakadin moving forward. But I think we're stuck with the main two wild goalies at the moment. Derek continues with a different one, says, Do you think we'll have a Stanley Cup winner this season? If so, who will it be? I do believe the Boston Bruins. Yep, I believe it's the Boston Bruins. I think they're the best team in the NHL, top to bottom. Um, I was extremely happy for division rival St. Louis last year. Even though they're division rival, that franchise has been through hell, kind of like the Minnesota Vikings where all that success, but no final reward, no championship, and it's disgusting and sad for that franchise, but they finally got it, uh, but I think it's Boston's year is my guess. That's my guess. I'd love to see Vegas win, and I'd more than anything love to see the Minnesota Wild win. Just absolutely love to see the Wild win the Cup, but uh, the odds of that are so slim. <laughs> like, would you take the number one pick in the draft or a Stanley Cup championship? I'd take the Stanley Cup championship because you don't know if the number one pick is going to get you to the Stanley Cup. Your number one goal is the cup, and if we win it, we win it. But other than that, I'll take the number one pick. Anything less than that, I'll take the number one pick in the draft at this point. Because getting to the finals and losing is fun, but you lost. But you lost. And how many teams that lose the cup finals go back the next year? So I think Boston's going to be that the team that actually does. Pittsburgh did it years ago when they lost to Detroit. They came back and won. I think uh, Boston might be the second team to do that in the last 10 years. Derek again says, lots of uh, Minnesota Wild news. Kaprizov, Everson, playoff news the last few days. Got any questions about it? Okay, so he's kind of rounding people up. Mike says, if by chance the Wild get the number one pick, would it be better to draft a center like Quinton Bayfield or Alexis Lafreniere with our need for a top center? Because, yeah, Lafreniere is the left wing. Is the left wing in Bayfield. Oh, boy, that's going to be the toughest debate of all. That is going to be the toughest debate of all. You know, I mean, obviously, to me, take the best player available as valuable. I mean, and if that's Lafreniere, which most people believe, I think that's the direction you have to go as much as we need that damn center. Some people believe Byfield's actually going to be the better player between Lafreniere and Byfield. Ah, man, me, I I just, you have to probably, you know, it's on Bill Guerin when he, I think he has to evaluate, like say, we get the number one pick in the draft. He has to evaluate as much as possible which one truly is the best player translating to the National Hockey League and take that guy. And if it ends up being Byfield, so be it. And how lucky and blessed would we be if that was the case, if we get the number one pick and Byfield ends up being better than Lafreniere, and that's what we take. Oh, man, that'd be unbelievable. But uh, most indications are both of those guys will be great. But we all know. We all know how an NHL draft can go. It is a crapshoot in a lot of ways. It really is. Um, heck, we've seen guys go, you know, Neil, Neil uh, Yakupov, what was he, second overall, and just didn't do anything. Heartbreaking. Um, 
Let's see. So Derek Felska is bringing in a tweet. I think he was talking to a crease and assist. Bear1870 says, is anyone really excited about hockey playoffs? Of course. Of course they are. If you're not excited about it, uh, that's disappointing to hear. I'm very excited about it. I can't wait for the NHL playoffs, and let's do it. Let's do it, and I do believe there will be a Stanley Cup champion this year. I I, I do believe. Oh, it looks like that might be it. One more from Tom Hayen. Welcome back. Tom Hayen says, with Batman too stupid for his own good, will the league just go from an October-June season to a Chan September season from here on out, Brave the Wild? Okay, I'm glad you asked this, because I've been thinking about this endlessly. I am 100% in favor of October-June and not in favor of anything else. I love the way the schedule has been over the last X amount of years. For me, my plan would be, because obviously you can't go to October-June immediately, just cut two or three weeks off of the off-season for the next three to five years, and you'll be back to October-June before you know it. Um, It'll be like, obviously, you know, at first maybe January, September. God, that's just crazy. But yeah, see, they go January, September, and then it's like mid-December, to uh, mid-August, mid, and then you go down to early December, blah, 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 uh, mid-November, blah, 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 until eventually you get back to where you were. It would take about three, three, four years to get there, depending on if you take two or three weeks off of the off-season. Nobody's going to die if you take two or three weeks off the off-season for the next couple of years. In fact, it seemed like the league was doing that because they were extending the season to give players more rest, per se, during the season. Uh, in the past, where I think the, that's the best way to go to get back where you were. Just keep kind of cutting off a little bit of the off season, a little bit, because the players are bored to death anyway. Do you really need like three and a half months? Do you really need like o- over three months to do, you know, just to kind of like do whatever? It's good to recover and to kind of mentally shut down, but it, you'd still get pretty much three months anyway. It, it's not like you're taking a whole month off off of the off season, which I think would be a little bit that that might be a little too much, but two to three weeks for the next couple of years, and you get back to where you were. That, that's my plan. Is it genius? Is it stupid? Let me know. Maybe if somebody out there hears what I'm saying right now, tweet me, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Tweet me what you think about it. What would you guys think about it? Maybe I should even tweet it out and see what people say, this and that. Um, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is the way to go, or you could even call in. Uh, but can't thank Derek enough. And, of course, M&W Prospects, M&W Prospects, Pavel Bonnet, Czech Republic, he's been keeping up so much with Kirill Kaprizov and all these graphics. He's so good at all that stuff. He's the founder of MNW Prospects from the Czech Republic. He worked with Merrick Skyba before. I think Merrick Skyba hasn't been posting for a long time, but still a good guy out there. Uh, a friend of uh, Pavel Bonnet and keeps up with the wild from, from afar. Uh, Justin Backey, Brandon Quast, Chad Walski, just amazing people that work on that page. And I'm so proud to be a part of it. I mean, things have just exploded. Uh, you had the, the Kovanov countdown with, did I call him Kovanov? Kaprizov countdown. The countdown started with a K, like KHL, or countdown. Started with a K. And Kaprizov followed it. Kaprizov followed it. I just called him Kaprizov again. Kirill Kaprizov followed it. That's insane. <laughs> and uh, just the the followers and the, the interactions and, and all that, like things just went so viral for the uh, at MNW Prospects Twitter account. Just such a beautiful thing. Love you guys, and you deserve all the credit you're getting. I'm so proud to be a part of things, and uh, I'm proud to be able to do the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and British Columbia Hockey League parts of that. When The whole point is you're keeping up with Minnesota Wild Prospects in those leagues. That's what I, that's the whole point of covering that. So, you know, guys like Alexander Holovanov, guys like that, Nikita... Nestorenko, so I'll get some new guys going into next year, I'm sure. Obviously, after this draft gets going and things start moving forward again, because uh, Nestorenko went to Boston College because Paul Fenton drives Boston College players. He is a Boston College guy. He really is, yeah. Just a little bit. A little bit. Um, absolutely beautiful stuff. Uh, I wonder... Yeah. It feels like there should have been more stuff on here, but I mean, there, there was plenty. Oh, there was plenty. It's not like it's... Yeah, it's awesome. <sighs> Whoa, I, I missed one. I, I missed Jay Bushy. What the heck? I, I missed Jay Bushy, unless that just popped up. No, I missed it. I'll get back to that in a second. But um, no, I'll get to it now. Do you see the Minnesota Wild trying to trade for a number one center, 
during free agency since Kirill Kaprizov is now signed. Yes, I do. I mean, they're going to try to. They're going to do everything they can. Uh, the Wild absolutely need that. They, they need it like they need oxygen to breathe at this point. They need a legitimate number one center. They're going to try. Uh, and somebody like a Greenway, a Dumba, a Rodin could be on the trading block. Very possible. I don't think uh, Eric Sinek is on any trading block. I think they love him and they need him, that type of thing. Um, but I think it's Greenway, Eric Sinek. No, excuse me, Greenway, Rodin, or Dumba could be on the trading block for something like that. Uh, Spurgeon's probably going to be uh, he's going to be a legitimate shot of being a captain or Marcus Foligno. Spurgeon's contract situation and his stature on the team tells me he is a legitimate uh, shot has a legitimate shot of being the uh, the center for the. Uh, he has a legitimate shot to being the uh, <laughs> legitimate shot for that. So moving forward, apologize there, getting distracted by something popping up on me. Apologize, um, but no, I that's where the Wild are headed. I mean, they desperately need a center, Jay, and I deeply apologize for not getting to that sooner. I somehow that one slipped through. I don't know why, but I'm glad I kind of scrolled back up and looked. Jay, thank you very much for uh, the question. Um, but no, what I was talking about earlier too was uh, how things just really blew up for MNW prospects on Twitter in a positive way. That was so awesome, um, so awesome. And I appreciate uh, everything. I appreciate being a part of that for so long. Uh, Nestorenko again going to Boston College. Still getting all be new guys and hoving off to the KHL. So the other guys will cover those leagues, college and uh, KHL. Uh, KHL would be definitely uh, Pavel Benet's uh, department there. Keeping up with the European players, uh, European leagues, and all that. Love you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Minnesota Wild Global Major shout out to them as well. Scott Cavendish again. Uh, Chad Walski again is on there. Chance Costic, David Costic, <sighs> Kathy, Kathy Maine out there. Uh, awesome people. Awesome people. Can't thank you enough. Michael Fick. Uh, can't thank you. Can't thank you guys enough for uh, the friendship and just the fun keeping up with the Minnesota Wild over the years and. Of course, Derek Fells gets recent assist. Amazing guy. And again, he'll be on the show again for sure at some point. <laughs> My schedule sucks so hard in the summer. It's so difficult, but it is what it is. Uh, it's not because I'm Mr. Harder Worker than everybody else. It's just it's just a schedule that's a busy schedule, which a lot of you can probably relate to. Is there a new notification coming in? No, not really. The NFL is announcing cans for all training camps to open July 28th. Okay, well, that's that's really good. That's really good to know. Uh, very good to know. That's <laughs> really good to know, obviously. So there's one other way you can get on this show. And that's by voice. By voice. Oh, this is funny. Yep, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> Justin Maggie says, Joey, you must be recording your, your pod at the moment. Just just a guess. I saw you liked my question on Twitter. Ha ha. Yep, you gotcha. You gotcha. You, you, you got me, Justin. Yep, because it's like a... I, yep, it's like I kind of go with it. I kind of go with the flow. Like, I always want to click like because I love it. And it's like it's usually right about when I'm doing the show. So, Justin, you got me. You got me right at the end here. <laughs> I love it. That was Justin Popping and Justin Backey, MW Prospects. What a great guy. Uh, great guy. Yeah, fun guy, too. Um, but no, to get on the show via voice and all that, you can actually have your audio on the show, is by using the free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet, pretty much. Just hit it, just click it, open it up, basically. <laughs> click record, and just go. Treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and email it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file, thanks to Zumzar.com. They give me a free service because it's not a very big file, so I'm more than happy to give them a free plug, in a sense. Uh, and if you need a larger file transfer, there's a fee or like a subscription, this type of thing. So obviously get on that. PodMN is a highly recommended podcasting app because you can get rewards for that. So I'm more than happy to uh, recommend you use PodMN to listen to the show. But anything works. If you like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. As long as you're listening, I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And I hope to hear from you. I, I really do hope to hear from you. Again, the Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, Facebook page, is facebook.com forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota. Again, apologize. I probably should have just said brave the wild dot MN instead of Minnesota, but eh, you know, you'll, you'll find it if you want to, and then interact with me on there as well. Twitter seems to be a fun place, and of course, again, crease and assist. MW Prospects, Minnesota Wild Global. Can't thank all of you enough for your friendship and uh, affiliations with the show. It has just been absolutely spectacular. The hockey community is 
the greatest. You guys are the absolute greatest. Nobody can beat you. Uh, we love our sport. We love our game. <sighs> and so many people out there are like, oh, hockey's this, hockey's that, and we just laugh and smile. Hey, we 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 love our game, and we don't have our nose up in the air like, oh, you, you know, like like all these other, like all the other sports are inter- inferior to us. They're not necessarily inferior. We just love our game. That's all. We just love our game, and we're gonna keep it coming there, eh? <laughs> we're gonna keep it coming. I can't wait. Can't wait to get things going. Hopefully, the Wild have some kind of a playoff run, and if they don't, let's get that number one pick and let's uh, talk about some super exciting times. Let's talk about some '80s Oilers hockey happening in Minnesota, right? Would that be cool? Kapo Kakinen's the next Grant Fuhr. Kapo Kakinen, pardon me, Kirill Kaprizov. Maybe uh, Lafreniere or that uh, Byfield. Byfield's the next Gretzky. And, uh, man, <laughs> you get, you get, <laughs> wouldn't that be cool? Uh, but it's mostly wingers, though. Mark Messier was a center. Can you imagine? Number one center, Gretzky. Number two center, Messier. Them the power play. They, they play together sometimes with uh, Yari Curry or something. Oh, man, that was a good team. That was a... That was a good team, man. I, I can't even can't even believe it. Like every time you watch the eighties Oilers, for the shortest the short time they had together, it was just ridiculous, man. They were so good. I wish the Wild could be like that someday. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, to dream. With that said, I'm gonna sign off. Hope you have a nice warm summer day. Oh, it's warm out there, so get your butts in the pool or the hockey rinks, whichever you prefer. Cool off at the hockey rink. Of course you'll be sweating anyway if you're skating around, but at least you're in cooler air because it's freaking hot and humid for today anyway. And uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm heading to the lakes, damn it. Got to get in the lakes, got to cool off and enjoy what's left of summer because it goes way too fast. And then uh, let's get geared up and watch some hockey, eh? With that said, take care, God bless, and go Kirill Kaprizov. 